0: Father, glory to God. I'm going to go ahead and uh, read a letter that came to us, and it's a ministry that we have started supporting, and it's for the youth. And One of our churches is located in a very rough area of Puerto Laura. This village is located on a port where a lot of drugs coming from Colombia are transported to Panama City. Once they get to the city... They are flown to the United States. One time they had a drug bust in a holding area and found seven green elevators full of cocaine. I'm getting feedback on me or something, or I'm too loud. Um, the church there has been a real struggle. People getting born again but fall back into the world because of the easy money selling drugs. We have been praying for the youth there for about two years now. We seem to be losing the youth to the drug world. But all of that is changing and changing really fast. God started to appear to the youth in the village. This is a girl whose name is Victoria. There's a picture of her here. She has been born again and even baptized as a child, but when she got to be a teenager, she fell away from God. The devil came to her and told her that he would make her famous if she would make a pact with him. No one could calm her down. Wait a minute. So she did, and from that time on, she was mentally insane. No one could calm her down from violent attacks that she would have. Jesus appeared to her one night and took, took her to hell. He showed her hell in a way that was horrible. She, uh, she saw members of her family there, and they urged her to get her life right before god so she would not go to hell it was such an impression on her that she really cleaned up her life and is now giving her testimony to the youth and our and the youth are getting born again and starting their life over living for god another girl about 14 years old was high on drugs and had also made a pact with the devil her nephew was visiting them that night and the devil told her to pick up a machete and kill him when she went to pick it up God appeared to her. She too was shown what hell is like and made a quality decision to serve God so she would not end up in hell. Last night they had the village meeting and those girls shared their testimonies. In this, it is the first time I have ever heard that village so sober and silent. People know these girls and they know how bad of a life they lived to see them now normal has been a great impact on the lives of everyone who knows them. God is faithful when we pray and ask Him to save our teens. Thank you for making this possible. Well, we're sowing seed to this ministry for our teens. Hallelujah. For our youth, for the youth in this city. We need a revival church. These are the, the Lord tarries, these are the next leaders of America. And so, praise God, we need to think about that and give. If you've got teenagers or grandchildren or whatever, time to give. It's always time to give as far as I'm concerned. I live to give. Okay, Children's Church, you are excused. Praise God. And Pastor, are you coming up? Or you want a mic over there? It doesn't matter to me, whichever one you want to do. Hallelujah. I like you up here. You you know, you usually like me up here. You're my best friend and everything else. We won't go into that. But we know that God is greater. And um, he is moving mightily in this hour. For those of you that are missing Sunday mornings early, you are missing a lot. I mean, I was back there taking notes so fast that um, and one of my favorite scriptures is... Um, in Hebrews eleven three, 3 that God framed the world with his word and we can frame our world with his word and expect those things that we speak out of our mouth to come to pass and this is all on prosperity right now not just on prosperity it's on kingdom living and, and more than any other time in this world you need to live in kingdom living and know your rights and who you are in Jesus Christ. Go ahead. I'm going to pray and then I'll let you give the nugget. Father, I just thank you for the privilege that we have this morning of being here in your presence in this place. I thank you, Father God, that this word, this seed will go forth and it will, it will cause a multitude of lives to be changed. We thank you for the anointing it's upon each one of us and upon your word. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal your word to us, which you would desire us to say, and make this word rhema to those that hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Okay, nugget, are you ready? Action is the missing ingredient. Action is the missing ingredient to a lifetime. One more time. Action is the missing ingredient to a lifetime of productivity. Okay.
0: That's powerful when you think about it. So this uh, name of this sermon is the path to an undisturbed mind. So there is a path that you have to an undisturbed mind, and and if you go on our on, on my page on Facebook, you will see this week one of the things that I shared. I shared I was going to be doing a series on renewing the mind, and actually Second Corinthians ten five. But also one thing God showed me was that we needed to get rid of the stinking thinking that we have, and so I suggested that everybody start journalizing things, get a book, get a journal, and write five things down daily, five positive things down daily that they would meditate on. And they would write them in the book, and they would meditate on those things, changes that they wanted to see in their life, changes according to the Word of God that they were expecting. So that there would, you would have those five things daily in in front of you that you've meditated on those scriptures, instead of when the negativity tries to come into your mind, you'll have those five things. And you're going to have to pray and ask God what those five things are because he knows what your day is going to be like. So maybe the night before you go ahead and do it for the next day, whatever. But you've got those five things out there. and, And when the enemy tries to bombard your mind, you'll go straight to those. Casting down imaginations and reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So let's look at Proverbs 14, 30. Um, Do you want to read this question or do you want me to? Is there a place in God where no storm disturbs the peace you have in him? A place of supernatural peace because your mind and heart are fixed on him. I'm going to need my notebook wherever it went. There it is. Okay. Might be some things that might be changed a little. Pastor wrote it, uh, typed it for me. So I got to get back here. Okay. Um, Wisdom. I'm going to share a little bit because I don't, yeah, it's down here. Okay. Wisdom this week is to be moved by God and his word alone instead of what your five physical senses tell you. So, a a place of supernatural peace because your mind and heart are fixed on him. Proverbs 14, 30, and I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. A calm and undisturbed mind and a heart are the life and health of the body, but envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness, of the bones. So he's telling us a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. A calm and undisturbed mind. How important is that? If your mind is disturbed, your day is disturbed. I'm going to tell you right now, your life is disturbed. And this can, if if you don't put a stop to it immediately, that's probably why I've got several favorite scriptures, but 2 Corinthians 10.5 is what I preach on more than anything. We've got to cast down imaginations and reasonings. Because the enemy will, if we do not, I'll tell you when you've gone beyond it, when you have not cast it down, you begin to see it happening to you. Then you have not cast it down. You know, John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy it. That is the enemy's job, is to kill, steal, and destroy from you. That's it. That's what he wants to do. But Jesus said, I gave life and life more abundantly. And so the Bible says that we are to renew our minds with the washing of the water of the word. So we've got to become word people. Amen. Do you have something to share there, baby?
1: as you said you need to focus five things I think uh, in Psalms chapter 91 it says it all he that dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him will I trust surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence and you can read the rest of it That's part of what you need to know, that you are in his covering. You have to be there.
0: You have to put yourself there through the word. I'll be honest with you. His covering is there, but many times we walk out of that covering. And so we need to put ourselves there, and we need to keep ourselves there. How? He says by saying to the Lord. Saying to the Lord, speaking to the Lord. we heard that this morning, speaking the word to the Lord. Okay? Anything else on that one?
1: Again, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. Walking out. It's like an umbrella. The Lord's your umbrella in times of trouble. But some of us like to get out in the rain. <laughs> and when you get out in the rain you get wet soaked and you get symptoms but if you have the umbrella you are protected so let's stay under the, God's protection all the time
0: yeah. Well, in that place as you go through your day focus on scriptures that give you the answers to any problems you are facing now I might be facing a problem that Whitney is not and so I'm not going to be studying the same scriptures that she is. And I love my Thompson Chain Bible. I use it all the time because I can very quickly go to it and find what I'm looking for. Okay. The very, it, it's in my hand. I have um, one of these, and I don't even know if they even if he's even printing these anymore. It's called a pocket concordance to the New Testament. I can look up any word in the New Testament, and it's here for me. It's you know I know you can go on the internet or whatever, but this is quicker for me. And so it's so important that every situation, every circumstance that comes your way, the word, the word, the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And so we have got to take the word. It says, they cried unto the Lord in Psalms 107, verse 19 and 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from all destruction. He sent his word. So we've got to, you know, people get a little crazy and they say, well, you're, you, you're nothing but name it and claim it in people of the word. You better be. You better, that's what you better be in this hour. You better know the word because it is a sword. Amen. And so let's go ahead and um, look at uh, Proverbs 15, 1 through 7. You or me, baby? A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise utters knowledge rightly, but the mouth of the self-confident fool pours out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. So the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. You know, there's a song, you know, that, you know, little kids sing about the guy at Christmas, the big, you know, he sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're, that's God. He knows everything about you, you know. And so it says here, a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life, but a willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. Willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. So, when we are contrary, when we are willfully speaking for things that are contrary to the word of God, it will break down your spirit. That's heavy. When we are willfully contrary, to what the word of god says and we have been confessing the word of god and all of a sudden we decide to confess something else our spirit gets broken down that's what my bible says here does that what yours says it says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit you don't want any breaches in the spirit realm all right and it goes, a fool despises his father's instruction and correction, but he who regards reproof acquires prudence. In the house of the uncompromisingly righteousness, righteous is a great priceless treasure, but with the income of the wicked is trouble and vexation. You need to look up that word, vexation. Lot was vexed. Okay. He knew about God. He saw God through Abraham. He knew the God of Abraham and he saw it and yet he chose to go another route and he was vexed. And it goes, you know, there's scriptures in there that talks about vexation and what it will do to you. We don't want any of that. We see today in our country so many people are vexed. That's not God's plan here. The worst thing is to see a Christian vexed. And, but go back here and says, there is a break in the spirit. So we need to really watch these things. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge. We learned this morning in early class that we can disperse the word of God out, even to the point where the the, the fish, the birds, the, the oil, you know, the one God the prophet came and told her, go get every, every vessel you can find. And so she sent her kids out there and they got everyone and, and the oil just became more and more and more. They had enough for a year in a time of debt and poverty and whatever else was going on in the land. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you, this is the best time that we're seeing if you look at america you know how much in debt we are wow god is ready to pour out whatever on his children that they desire because he wants to make people jealous so they will come to the lord hallelujah so this you know People look around, murmur, complain, murmur, complain about what's... I'm looking at this as every time there was a famine, every time there was problems, God started moving. And so look at it that way. Change your thinking. Change your mouth. Look at God and, and see that your word, every time there was a famine and every time there was trouble, the people of God that served you, you bless them. And so that's what I'm expecting. Hallelujah. I guess that's our amen. Hallelujah. So, um, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, sifting it as chained from the grain, not so the minds and the hearts of the self confident and foolish. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. How's your prayer life? I ask you, how's your prayer life? Because your prayer, if you are righteous, if you know the Lord, is his delight. Hallelujah. That is so exciting. You are a delight to him when you pray to him. Well, I want to make God happy. The ways of the wicked is an abomination extremely disgusting and shameful, vile to the Lord. But he loves him who pursues righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation, every area, and relation. There is a severe discipline for him who forsakes God's way, and he who hates reproof will die physically, morally, and spiritually. Pardon? That's a heavy one. He who hates reproof will die physically, morally, and spiritually. Look up the word reproof in here for me, could you please? Okay, how far am I going in this? Okay, well, I guess we went further, didn't we? He's going to look up the word reproof while, while we go on to, these are the hidden treasures. So um, numbers 14, 36 and 37. He's going to look up the word reproof. I'd like to know exactly what that means. So I don't um, <laughs> so I don't hate it, okay. This is too small. I'm going to tell you. 36. I need a desk up here. <laughs> I don't want one, really, but I need one. I've you have not because you asked not. Well, I don't really want one. It would look kind of weird in here, unless we start sitting down at the desk. Um, 36 and 37. Numbers 14, 36, and 37. Do you have reproof there? Proof. <laughs> loud
1: reproof rebuking censuring, an expression of censure rebuke that's it that's it that's
0: it so you can find that mm-hmm. do you want to explain it now
1: i just did I gave you the
0: what's the synonyms it? for that please
1: this is that it has it's it's uh, rebuking, censuring, expressions of censure, rebuke. That's it. They don't have anything else.
0: Okay. Uh, so when someone tries to correct you, I will. I'll give it to us the the easy version of it, and you get or God. Let's take when God corrects you. How many? Have, how many of you does God correct? In other words, to me, it's knock it off. How many have ever heard God say that to you? Knock it off. Stop it now. It gets louder. You know, the, the, you know, the more you decide you're going to go into it, it, you know why, because he loves you, go to Numbers 12, not now, and you will, talk, you will see where he talks about that quite a bit. He calls them bastards. Excuse my expression, but that's what Jesus, or that's what the Lord says. Are you going to be a son? Or are you going to be a bastard? Well, you say, well, she's cussing now in church. No. That's what it says in the Bible. I'm going to tell you, when I first got saved and I read the word, I was like, oh my gosh, there's some words there that I used to say. (laughs) Sorry, that's on tape. Oh well. Okay. Numbers 14, 36, and 37. (laughs) We can all laugh now. I did it. Okay. Do you want to do those two before I get myself in more trouble up here? Numbers 14. 36 and 37, unless you typed it wrong. I don't see that in my notes. Is that the one you added? Yeah. Numbers 14. No. That's okay. Oh, I know where we're going on this, so I'll go ahead and do it because I know what Lord showed me to do. Okay, here we go, are you ready? Let's go up a little bit. 36, and the men whom Moses sent to search the land who returned and made all the congregation grumble and complain. These guys, all but two, came back and made the whole congregation grumble, complain against him and bringing back a slanderous report of the land. These people learn how to take rebuke. Listen to this. Even those men who brought the evil report of the Lord died by a plague before the Lord. Everybody listen to this every spy that went out except Joshua and Caleb died. Think of it. You know, they murmured and complained about Moses. Remember, Miriam. And Aaron decided to do that one day, and and you know who was the instigator? Because she's the one that ended up with leprosy all over her. And so, people that do this are in big doo doo trouble here. And so God was not happy. And so he went on. Al- he went ahead and said, um, <laughs> "Quit laughing at me." <laughs> they all died. By a plague before the Lord. But Joshua, son of Nun and Caleb, son of Jephna, who were still among the men who went to search the land, live still. Moses told the Lord's words to all of Israel, and they mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, listen to this, Behold, we are here, and we intend to go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. But Moses said, why now do you transgress the command of the Lord to turn back by the way of the Red Sea, since it was not succeed? Go up, go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that you be not be struck down before your enemies. That was a heavy time there. Just because they didn't want to go into the promised land because they'd heard there were giants. Do you know how many people, how many believers, because they see something that looks impossible and it looks like a giant refuses to move, and yet God is expecting us to push through that thing? Push through it. How? With the word. Having done all to stand, stand there for. Push through it. You don't run from the devil. I learned that a long time. One time there was a demon in this church and uh, we were in the middle of prayer on a Monday night and I'd had enough and I just told him, get up and get out. And I walked out to the back of the door and threw him out of the church. I'd had enough. Terry had told me she'd seen the thing. Can I share this? You don't care. She'd seen the thing and and she said, I can't deal with this. Pastor's going to have to deal with this. Well, I just didn't see it until one night. That was it. You're coming with me and get out. That's what you've got to do. You cannot be, you just need to stand in his face. Quit putting up with it and say, I've had enough of you. You're out of here now. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I know people go, oh boy, that's weird. Jesus dealt with them all the time, folks. He spent a quarter of his ministry casting out devils. There needs to be a little casting out devil party in the uh, never mind <clears throat> okay, yeah, um, so there was swift judgment caused by negative words, the path to an undisturbed mind. All these people, ten spies, came down, the leaders of those tribes came down. And gave an evil report and caused these people to have an undisturbed mind. And they would not listen to Joshua and Caleb who said, We are able, Caleb, to go up and take this this place now. Let's go. Let's go. I'm telling us all here, let's go. Quit dragging it. Move it. It's time to go forward because we're in times of famine. This is when God wants to pour it out. So let's go. Let's move. Pick them up and move them out. Amen? Okay, I'm going to give you the next one in Jeremiah. Okay. And then I'll add to it because I got something.
1: Here. Well, if we'll turn to...
0: Well, I'll share this while you all turn there, okay? Oh, is that okay? Jeremiah
1: chapter 29, quickly.
0: All you right. already know
1: where we're headed for.
0: Okay. Um When I was first a Christian, a new baby Christian, I was told that um, God doesn't know your thoughts. Boy, I was told a lot of stupid stuff then. Um, That was from those leaders, you know. And um, God doesn't know your thoughts. The devil doesn't know your thoughts. Well, let me tell you, if you speak it out of your mouth, and God knows your thoughts, but the devil knows it by body language and you speaking it out of your mouth, okay? But among among other things. Well let's see what the word says here about our thoughts.
1: Okay from the Amplified that's Jeremiah chapter 29 looking at verses 11 and 12. And we'll go even to 13. For I know thy thoughts and plans that I have for you saith the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. To give you hope In your final outcome, then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, require me, require for, and require me as a vital necessary, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Powerful we'll go on to 14. And I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will release you from captivity and gather you from all the nations and the places which you have been, which have been driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive.
0: Well, that's pretty heavy. So these are God's thoughts towards us. And we're going to get into our thoughts. Go ahead, sweetie.
1: And more? Well, just on that thought, I mean, God wasn't the one that separated himself from the people. He doesn't separate himself from you, but it's our choice and decision to walk outside the word of God that we open ourselves up from under the umbrella. We walk out into the reign of the devil. And you're either going to get Saturated, or you want to get go, get back under the cover, and get under God's covering. So stay with the Word and don't walk out from under it. But like I said, too many of us are. We challenge God by stepping out and saying, "I can handle this," mm-hmm. and we find out that we can't handle it. So, uh,
0: you know, there's been many times when. Um, and I, I don't do this. It um, used to be I was quicker to jump on things when the Lord would show me something in prayer. I mean, through all the years, when you get my age, you, you know. Now I really, you know, I, I prayed then. And the Lord, you know, it's because I'm older, I'm slower, but, I, but whatever. Um, when he tells me something about someone that we are over, I pray on it. And I pray on it. And until he says call them and many times people will say I'm okay there's nothing wrong yet they're they're either have jumped into sin or they're thinking of it or whatever and we have to come to the place where if those over us care enough about us to call take the time to call or not even over. If God cares enough about us, when He's already speaking to you to share with someone that loves you to call you, and you ignore it, we're stupid. I'll just put it that way. That's that's a good way to put it because we're not we're not allowing Him to lead us, guide us, and direct us in the ways that will bless us. I, I'm stupid if I do that. Okay, so. We're looking at God's thoughts towards us right now, and then we're going to get on some other thoughts. So, um, so, uh, Psalms 45, verse 5.
1: Psalms 40, verse 5 and 6. From the Amplified. Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders of works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us. No one can compare with you. If I should declare and speak of them, they are too many to be numbered when well, we need to speak what he says because look at verse 6 sacrifice and offerings you do not desire nor have your delight in them you have given me the capacity to hear and what obey. obey so and he's always saying for us to speak his word so we need to have the capacity to do that hear what the word says and then begin to speak it forth obey the word your law a more valuable service than burnt offerings and sin offerings, which do not, uh, you do not require. In other words, he's asking us to speak out what his word says to bring forth the abundance of fruit into our lives. When we go to the negative side, we have found out you can be um, your th- dreams, visions, and goals can be destroyed. Ten spies proved that.
0: Amen.
1: Dream, vision, and goal that God gave them, they didn't want. And so they, they were destroyed by their own words.
0: Hello. I'm going to go on a little bit in this, okay? We're going where on where further. did you stop? I stopped
1: stop? at, number, at uh, verse 6. That's okay. p- Psalms 40, verses, beginning with verses 5, 6, and now going into 7. Okay.
0: <laughs> then said I, behold, I come in the volume of the book... It is written of me. I, li- I delight to do your will. Oh my God, yes. Your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed. Now listen to this. He says proclaimed. Glad tidings of righteousness in the great assembly. Tidings of r- uprightness in my right standing with God. Behold, I have not restain- restrained my lips as you know, O Lord. I have proclaimed. I have not restrained my lips my lips as you know O lord i have not concealed your righteousness within my heart i have proclaimed your faithfulness and your salvation i have not hid away your steadfastness love and your truth from the great assembly hallelujah so we need to proclaim his words out of our mouth We need to proclaim the words out of our mouths. How are you going to frame your world with the word? How? God spoke it. He just didn't think it. He spoke it. Right. Everything God does, he speaks. You get into the thinking stuff, and then you're getting into the new age stuff that, that you know, you know what I'm mean? trying to think. You're getting, you're getting into the occult, and I'm going to try to think this into existence you know, unity and all that stuff, okay? So you got to speak the word. You know, it moves God and it scares the devil. And he sees, uh-oh. Now they've done it. They've got enough word in there to completely change the circumstance and situations around them and around those that they love and everybody else. You know, sometimes when you're in a stoplight, you just need to start speaking word over people that are walking by. Proclaiming salvation over them. Amen? Okay, we, next is Psalms 139, 17, and 18. You there?
1: No, not quite, but let me refer back to okay. this, this Psalms 40 here. That uh, we're supposed to proclaim the word. You have to know the word. It can't be vague because the enemy knows the word and he makes it vague. He will change it. And if you don't know the word, what did he tell Eve? He knew what God said, Mm -hmm. but what did he tell Eve? He put questions there. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know the word... You're going to fall. He came to Jesus in, in the temptation, 40 days of the temptation. What did Jesus say? He spoke the word, and the devil could not get a foothold there because Jesus knew the word. We have to know the word. We cannot be vague about it. Okay, let's go to Psalms 139. That's Psalms 139. Come if you want me to do it.
0: 17 and 18. We have. How precious and weighty also are your thoughts to me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I woke, could I count to the end? I would still be with you. And then in verse um, 23 and 24, Search me thoroughly, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. So he's saying, try me, God. Test me out and know my thoughts. Can you say that to God? Check, check my thoughts out, God. That's wild, isn't it? Are they pure? Whatsoever things are good, lovely, good report, you know. And Then it goes on to the next one. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, endure forever. Forsake not the works of your own hands. Hallelujah. This is a powerful scripture. Well, I like seven. Let's go there. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, boy, do we ever. You will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and your right hand will save me. You know, the worse it gets, the more revived in Him I'm feeling. The worse it gets out there, the more revived in the Spirit and the me, in the Word that I'm becoming. It's pretty wild. Why? Because I've chosen to. I've chosen, you know, there's a choice you make. I'm not bragging it's God, but if you will just exert yourself, then he will take you right where you're at and do things for you super abundantly above more than you could dare even ask or think or pray. Super abundantly more. Okay, the next one is Isaiah 55, 6, 8, and 6 to 8. I guess 6 to 13, I guess. I guess. 8 is the big one.
1: Okay. Okay. Isaiah chapter 55, uh, starting with verse 6, Seek, inquire for, and inquire the Lord while he may be found, claiming him to be by necessity and by right. Call upon him while he is near. Well, that's good news. We need to call upon him when he's near. We'll just continue reading. Verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Wow, there goes those thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have love, piety, and mercy for him. And to our God, he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. Wow. Okay. Verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as... The heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and return not again there, but water the earth and make it, make it, make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, uh, return to me void, without producing an, any effect, useless. But it shall accomplish that which pleases and purpose, and it shall prosper in the things for which I send it. Drop down to verse thirteen. Instead of the thorn shall come up uh, the cypress trees. Instead of the briar it shall come up the myrtle tree. It shall be the Lord for the Lord for the name of renown for an everlasting sign of jubilant expectation, memorial to his praise, which shall not be cut off. So all those bad things this verse thirteen says all the bad things would be turned into good stuff if we put the word first in our life. Hello. Well, maybe you want to live in the thorns. And a briar patch.
0: I want to share something here. This was the Old Testament. Jesus came. And we need to realize this. Jesus came and destroyed the works of the enemy. So they didn't even know there was a devil. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. These people didn't even, they didn't even know what they were dealing with. You never hear in the Old Testament about demons being cast off. You just let them wander around with them. You know what I'm trying to say? Jesus came and he began to move as God on the earth. He was man, but he moved as God on the earth. He was God-man. In other words, he was God and he was a man on the earth that operated in the spirit as we can. In other words... Had someone tell me, you know, well, was, you know, Jesus was Jesus and that's why he could do all this. No. Get that thinking out of your brain. He came as a man. He had to rely on God. He had to take the word and meditate on it. He spent time in prayer before God so he could show us how we could be more than conquerors through him. So... These things, you know, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Well, as we take the word of God, our thoughts can become his thoughts. Because he, having spoiled principalities and powers, made a show openly triumphing over them in it. Down in hell, he triumphed over them. So we have more power than the enemy. And that is the fact that most believers, I'm going to tell you 99% of them don't know and they don't realize it. And so because of that, um, no, no, I'm going to do it. What? I'm going to go for it. You've got coffee and donuts and social and whatever and You you have, the man that came to the church, I was shocked. He'd gone to every church in Santa Maria, and I've shared this, Um, most songs, the song service is 3.5 songs, and the whole service is 44 minutes. I don't know how, 3.5 songs, I don't know if you stop in the middle of one or what you do, but, if you're so busy on coffee and donuts, you're going to miss the song service, number one, or you're, going, you're not going to be ready to come in prepared to meet God. And God is not going to, he, he is not going to be able to share what he wants to share. We have got, our, got to get our flesh out of the way and be ready to meet him when you walk into this, into this place. And where does that start? At home. When? The night before, the day before. I prepare my I prepare myself. All Saturday I prepare myself for Sunday. All Saturday I prepare. I just that's my duty to God and my country and you guys to prepare for for this service. So you can be ready and I can be ready to go forth out into the world and be as Jesus was out in the world that's what he desires out of him. what did he do heal the sick cleanse the leper raise the dead and he cast out devils and then he gave that authority to the disciples are you a disciple most people they saw a devil would jump and run they're supposed to jump and run from us and they will when you know who you are in him. Okay, so let's move on here. So it says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void without producing what it it shall accomplish that which I sent sent and purpose it to prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So in other words, the word we take, like the little boy this morning in the tape, I'll go back to what, what was shared in the early tape. There was a little boy in the church that heard about the fish and the money and the fish. And, that, and then he heard about the ravens, that the ravens fed Elijah. Is it said Elijah or Elijah? One of the others. And he decided, I'm going to speak to the birds. To bring the money and put the money in the tree. And so he started out, was it $7? Is that what he wanted? Something like that. $10. So they didn't bring the whole 10 at once. They brought, I can't remember, three here. What was it? 65 cents. What? 65 cents the first day. 65 cents the first day. Some people would stop there and go, that's not what I asked for, and give up. Oh, there it is. You got the notes. Okay, here we go. Where is it though? Okay. Okay, demonstration of supernatural provision. Bring it on, birds. Testimony, Tommy Williams shared several years ago how he spoke to the birds to bring him money. Based on 1 Kings 17, Tommy started finding money around the house after he went out and hollered at the birds. A 15-year-old who was impressed with this story that he decided to try it. He asked the Lord for $10 for missions. Not for himself, but for missions. He went out and spoke to the birds that they put it in the tree in the backyard. The first day he discovered 65 cents. The second day, $2.35. The third day, $7. Over the next two months, he found a total of 40, uh, $444 in the tree. He sowed his seven to the bird to the to the Lord, to the missions, and then he found $44. Forty in the tree, forty-four thirty was his. Hallelujah, and I'm sure he gave more of that. You go, well, that's remarkable. No different than Jonah and the fish. Jonah didn't want to do what God said. Walked away from him. Totally walked away, turned his back and walked away from God. So he ended up in the belly of a big fish. Because he didn't want to go preach to Nineveh, who are all sinners. So, he, you know, have you ever thought of bile and all that good stuff that's down in the belly of anybody? Seven days down there? I mean, just if you've ever had it come up here and you're going, oh boy, but he was down there seven days. Then that fish threw him up on the land. That made that whole city repent. Think of it. God has a lot to do. You know, some of you need to think about that, you know? I don't want to be in a fish being thrown up on Pismo Beach or something. You know what I mean? But he's, he has many ways to bring provision that we can even think about. And he's got so many in the Bible that we can stand on and confess and reach out there with. Amen? Okay, evil thoughts. We're going to go there now. Psalm 94.11. Think about it though, I'm going to expect to hear some uh, things that have happened from you guys because the Blue Jays came back and I told Pastor Day the other day, go get peanuts for them. Um, So I'm going to sow some seed out to them and command them to do some stuff and we'll just talk. We'll see what happens. Make sure you train them again how to get on your finger because I'd rather not be, I don't want to climb the tree. Psalms 94:11 <laughs> Too old for tree climbing here. Okay. The Lord knows the thoughts of man that they are vain, empty, and futile, only a breath. Blessed happy fortunate and to be envied is the man whom you discipline and instruct, your Lord and teach out of your law, that you may give him power to keep himself calm in the days of adversary, adversity, until the inevitable pit of corruption is dug for the wicked. That's coming soon. I mean, know that. Although we're going to have a party for a thousand years, or no, for seven years, and then come back. With all the aborted babies that are in heaven and have been training with Jesus Christ. This is what the Lord showed me. With Jesus Christ, those ones that were called to be prophets, evangelists, teachers, preachers. They're in heaven being trained by the Lord Jesus Christ. And they're coming back with Jesus and they're going to be powerful on this earth. So I'm going to tell you, thats when God showed me that, I got excited. I I really got excited because I thought, wow, they're up there learning. You can teach a child so much, I'm going to tell you. Wow. Okay, go for whatever you got over that. Next one? I don't care. You're so handsome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Proverbs. (laughs) Head for Proverbs and we are go to the 14th chapter. That's Proverbs chapter 14. We're talking about... Evil thoughts, but sometimes it, we yeah. correct it. There's a correction there after the evil thoughts. Proverbs chapter 14, looking at verse 26. In the irreverent and worshipful fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence, and his children shall always have a place of refuge. Oh, I went to 26, didn't I? Okay,
0: that's where it's I was supposed to be. You, I'm so, you got Proverbs what? Fourteen twenty
1: six. That's what you had.
0: Fifteen twenty six is on my notes. Fifteen twenty six. This ones oh. right here. <laughs> Typing error. Well, fourteen twenty six was a good one though. <laughs> the thoughts of the wicked are shamefully vile and exceedingly offensive to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasing words to Him. That goes along with Second Corinthians ten five. Turn your thoughts into the word of God.
1: That's good. 1426 was.
0: (laughs) Think of this. Take this. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations and reasonings. Because thoughts just fly out of nowhere. How many know that? You know, especially if you've seen something. If you've seen something the enemy can use, that's why he says, watch what you hear, watch what you see. You understand what I'm saying? Then he can t- zoom that right into your thought pattern and use it. That's why this is, if, if there's any scripture that I think is one of the most important scriptures in the Bible, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 5. It's to learn it. Learn it. Learn it and do it. Not just learn it, but do it. So you want to read that one now that you know where it is, the fifteen.
1: 1526 gotcha the thoughts of the wicked are shameful vile and exceedingly offensive to the lord but the words of
0: the pure are
1: pleasing words to him
0: now listen to this 828 the mind of the uncompromisingly righteous studies how to answer studies studies what the word how to answer But the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, now we'll go to the next one. Proverbs 24 9 is a scorner. Hand me that thing, the dictionary. Thank you very much.
1: Proverbs 24, and looking at verse 9. The plans of the foolish and the thoughts of the foolish are sin and the scoffer is an abomination to men. All notes are heavy things.
0: A scorner. Didn't it say scorner there? Mm Mm-hmm. Pardon? Read it loud to me. Please.
1: The thoughts of
0: foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men. And that is which, which one?
1: That's Proverbs 24, 9 from the King James. The thoughts of the foolishness is sin, and the scorner is an abomination to men.
0: So she's looking up the word scorner, I believe. Yeah, seven hours later. How do you spell it because I'm... Oh, I see it. Fine, it's there. Scorn. To mock. A feeling that a person or a thing is mean and contemptible disdain. Extreme contempt. The expression of this feeling in words or manner. Contemptuous treatment or disdain. Utterance. An object of this feeling, person, or thing, held in contempt or disdain. To regard with scorn, consider mean and contemptible, despise. To refuse or reject as mean or contemptible, spurn with scorn. To scoff, mock, or jeer. Do you remember what they did to Jesus when he went in the house of the girl that was dead? They laughed him to what? Scorn. He said, get him out of here. Remember that? They laughed him to scorn. You know, we think we've gone through everything. We haven't, we haven't gone through anything, church. They laughed him to scorn. So what does it say about the scorner again in verse 9?
1: Scorner is an abomination.
0: You know, being married, um, those of you that are married out there, you have great opportunity to think thoughts about, I'll use one that I used to think, I don't anymore. How can anybody wash up and get so much water on the on the on the mirror and not wipe it down? Now if I dwelled on that long enough, I could get angry. Well, you know, I just said forget it. I'll just go in and wipe it off, forget it. I'll be a bless I'll be a blessing instead of allowing that to you know what's that word I want to use? yeah, stir up some stuff in there to where I can really get upset. You know what I'm trying to say? This, these are areas that you need to take captive immediately. He was in a hurry. You know, I'll just go deal with it. Whatever. Let it drop. Let it drop. Zip. It's over. Let it drop. Okay. Is it almost time? Time. You want to do the last one? Matthew 9, 4. Is it time? Time.
1: Okay, the book of Matthew. Chapter chapter nine. You got nine four
0: there? Yep. This is Jesus talking now.
1: Jesus knowing their
0: thoughts. Why don't you go up to one? That's a good one. Okay. We're going to go to chapter 9
1: of Matthew, starting with verse 1. And he entered the ship and passed over and came to his own city. And, behold, they brought unto him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, certain of the scribes, and within themselves, this man blasphemes. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Remember,
0: Jesus knows your thoughts. Okay. Go on, I think we're going to may as well get him, get him set free. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> For whether it is easy to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk. But that thou may know that the Son of God, uh, Son of man, has power on earth to forgive sin, then he said to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy house. And he arose and departed to his house. And when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such it power unto men.
0: Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to show you what your Bible should look like, okay? Every healing scripture, and you see this green? I do green. I've done green for years because that's what the Lord told me to do. Every healing scripture, every scripture on deliverance is marked in green. So if I want to go and do a study on healing, which you need to be doing every day, um, then you go and you mark it. Now, this scripture and James go hand in hand. And I'm gonna read this to you, James 5. You said, you're sitting there thinking, somebody's thinking, well, they said we were done. We're not done yet. We're not done till God says we're done, amen? But I want you to see how, how powerful James is, okay? Is anyone among you sick? He should call in the church elders the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name, and the prayer that is of faith will save him who is sick, and the Lord will restore to him, and if he has committed sins, he shall be forgiven. Remember what Jesus said to the man? Your sins are forgiven. Then he healed him. So, does anybody need prayer this morning? the elders of the church are here. It's time to call on them. Put in that tape I said to put in. And I'm going to pray because it is time to go if you want to. Don't ushers do not leave, okay? Um, if you need to leave, go ahead. If not, stay in here and worship and pray or whatever. Father, I just thank you for this service that we've had today for the word that has gone out. I thank you, Father God, that We will put a guard over our lips, and we will think of the thoughts that you have towards us. They are more than all the sand. You desire to reveal those thoughts to us, and you have in this word, and we are so grateful for it. Every day, we in this country can open up the word and see your thoughts towards us, and we we are so grateful for that. And so, God, I'm just praying for each person within the sound of our voice to be healed, whole, and of sound mind. And I remind you, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so, go with God and be blessed. Hallelujah. If you need healing, come on forward.